This episode of Radio Drama Revival is brought to you by Audio Fiction 101, from the evil geniuses who brought you Wolf 359 and Zero Hours. If you want to learn about... David, you do realize the booth is live, right? Hi, I'm so sorry. I know. It's I, it's, it's so weird. David, uh, what? Did you, did you have a bad dream? No, yes, kind of. Well, great. Because you can make your dreams into reality with Audio Fiction 101. No, what, Ellie, are you still recording? You don't understand. David, I'm trying to cut an ad here. Time is short. Yes, like all of our time is short. Like in my dream, it was awful. I dreamt that we were swallowed by a goat. A great black goat that stood on two legs and laughed at us and ate the whole studio. Did you eat cheese before you went to bed? Yes. Was it the fancy cheese? What does that have to do with anything? Well, if you're the sort of person that can't afford fancy cheese, you can get an eBay scholarship for Audio Fiction 101. Applicants can find out more about it at learn.fearofpublicshame.com. I appreciate your commitment to this bit. And I would appreciate you getting out of the studio while I'm recording, you dingus. Incredible. Next time, fall asleep by counting sheep, not goats. Ugh, whatever, Ellie. I'll go find Will instead. Okay, uh, where were we? Ugh, sorry, this is a mess, Will. <clears throat> Gabriel Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti have brought you three hours of their combined wisdom on how to write for audio. In fact, let's play that jingle. Hone your craft. Hone your style. Make them laugh. With Audio Fiction 101, you can learn all the tips and tricks from Zach and Sarah. And learn to master five-act plot structure as well. With Gabrielle, it's a smorgasbord of learning. Grab a napkin and you're yearning. Set the table if you're able and have fun. With 101. Bring the wow. It's all there. Ask us how with Audio Fiction 101. Go to learn.fearofpublicshame.com. When you're ready to check out, click the gray have a coupon text and enter the code radiodrama, all one word, for 15% off your order. Ah, time to go get some lunch. Maybe David needs food. Imagine you have the superpower you want most in the world. Now imagine it only ever activates when you have debilitating panic attacks becoming uncontrollable. Would you run away and hide? Do you think you'd have someone at your side? And what if the newspapers and the media headlines all branded you a villain, even though no one has asked you what's happening? This week, we're making headlines with Tanzan Productions' first fiction podcast, Superordinary, right here on Radio Drama Revival. Hey folks, welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host for the next pair of episodes, Elena Fernandez-Collins. When I say superhero, the first thing that comes to mind is a larger-than-life hero with fearsome powers wielded conscientiously and bright neon spandex mistakes. Sometimes it's paired with a small and disarming alter ego, someone no one suspects of any grand feats of strength or willpower. 
or a supervillain who brings buildings to the ground and takes over the airwaves. Super Ordinary aims to disrupt the traditional narrative with Annika, who is simultaneously the mysterious superpowered villain everyone loves to hate and a frightened teenager grappling with an ongoing mental health crisis and anxiety. We discover Annika's story as she tells it, via recordings hand-delivered to various journalists, including one named Sean Wilkes, who plans on following the trail even if his editor tells him not to. Super Ordinary is something of a coming-of-age story, about growing up with mental illness and learning about the hardest and darkest parts of yourself. Every awkward moment of teenagehood is amplified a thousandfold, when both anxiety and uncontrollable superpowers get thrown into the mix. Subordinary is also about how we treat people and their struggles with mental health, how we abuse those facts, or ignore them, and indeed, villainize them. The standard frames of comic book tales are not rejected, but are turned inside out instead, to look critically at how we apply labels and invent narratives. We've stitched together here the first three episodes, but Superordinary is deep into the story, having just announced that they're launching season four in the summer of 2020. If you're interested in marathoning this wonderful show, you can find links to Superordinary's episodes and transcripts in the show notes. Due to the deeply embedded themes in the story, please be aware that there will be depictions of panic attacks and discussions of mental health. Let's dive on into Annika's introduction with episode one, Mail Dump. What? What's up? Mail dump. But this package came hand-delivered. It seemed pretty intent that it got to you directly. Thanks. Shut the door on your way out. Plug me in. <laughs> okay. What is this, some twisted version of Alice in Wonderland? If you're listening to this, you're one of many lucky reporters about to get the scoop of the century. You're welcome. Yeah. Please tell me what kind of favor you're going to do me. Inside the envelope you took this drive out of, you'll also find proof of who you're talking to. A sick-ass selfie of me in costume. No fucking way. And if you've been watching the news at all, you'll recognize the outfit. But who am I kidding? You make the news. Of course you know who I am. May seem crazy, but here I am, coming to terrorize you personally through your computer screen. You guys have been running shitty, one-sided stories for far too long, and it's time you got something right. A friend of mine told me the only way to get your story out there is to bite the bullet and become a part of the narrative. So, I'm here to take you through the story you've all been fucking up straight from the source to your papers. Holy shit. It has been said that the difference between a hero and a villain is simply the way a person reacts to trauma. I'm not sure which label truly belongs to me, but I am all too aware of the one that has been assigned to me. Look, you all know who I am. This is your resident supervillain coming at you from an undisclosed location. And I think it's time everyone got a chance to hear my side of the story, sans news propaganda, don't you? So... Heroes and villains. What's in a label? The part everyone leaves out when they tell you you can be anything you want to be is that everyone else has to believe you're that thing too. And they forgot to tell you that labels are what makes you who you are. And you don't get to pick those! High school is all about fucking labels. Jesus, Bailey! Now I have to start holding over. And thank God for that. 
you really want to sound that melodramatic on this thing? You want people to take your side of this seriously. This is supposed to be about getting the facts out there, not just shouting about how life isn't fair, not about heroes and villains. Just because you like how a movie star looks in spandex doesn't mean people are going to start using the labels. Fine, whatever, we'll start a <sighs> A peanut gallery messing with the carefully constructed ambiance here is my best friend, Bailey. This whole suicide mission was her idea. Oh, so when it's a suicide mission, it's my idea? Ugh. I guess let's start from the beginning. A few facts. We're 17. None of you ever seem to get that one right. A Vanity Fair article, one of those glossy profiles on the state of morality in our universe. You know the ones. Guess that I was in my 30s, which is just... I don't know, is it is it cool to ask a woman's age these days? You're getting sidetracked. Excuse me for not wanting to jump right into this whole... Sorry. I was 16 when I had the first panic attack that I can remember. People often equate the feeling to drowning, but it's not quite right. You know what's happening when you're drowning. Generally, you see it coming. In some way, you accepted the risk of death when you got into the water, and maybe you enjoy the rush of that, of choosing a position you might just not come out of. When the water takes you, you can't help but accept that on some level. You were asking for it, and you stopped struggling. Panic attacks are nothing like that. You definitely don't see them coming, and you in no way, shape, or form asked for it. It closes up your chest, convinces you there's not an ounce of oxygen in the room. Your vision tunnels in. Everything sounds far away. Swallow. It's terrifying. Hey, 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 hey. You okay? It's okay. I'm right here. Just breathe. Do you want me to turn this off? No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Um, I, I, I want to finish this. Okay. <clears throat> Panic attacks are terrifying. And they're not a time you're expecting the you're special mantra your parents have repeated over the years to actually manifest, but manifest it did. I've always liked the mechanics of things. Taking them apart, putting them back together, figuring out what makes things tick. There's a certain calmness that comes from running your fingers over the working parts of something, and the certainty of the mechanics. I think probably because things have always had a tendency to break around me. I gotta gently use- Read! Total piece of shit. Gently used car that I love dearly for my 16th birthday. We could barely drive down the block without the thing choking on its own exhaust fumes. Which is why I was trying to fix it when, well, when the panic attack hit. Here's where the special part comes in. The engine, the car, all the moving pieces just came right apart hanging in midair as if awaiting direction. And that's when you start to wonder if you're going insane. You're sitting there, surrounded by hovering car parts that you don't even notice at first because your chest is constricted and the world is clearly ending because you can't breathe or see or anything you're supposed to be able to. And when you come out of it, your garage looks like it has been ransacked and the car you've spent a solid month rebuilding is in pieces hovering above you. If you want to freak right out, you're a stronger woman than me. 
Or man. What? Stronger woman or man than you. Just saying, be inclusive. From my research... Our research. From our research, we found that panic attacks can be caused by a number of things. Leftover reactions to a traumatic event, severe stress, ate something that didn't agree with you. It's not a science, and it's not exactly like I can run and tell my story to some shrink and be diagnosed or anything. And none of the articles have much to say about cars taking themselves apart and hovering midair, so I guess the why isn't really that important. It's happening... It happened. It'll keep happening. You'd be surprised what comes out of a good old-fashioned Google search. There's something on the web for everything, most of which you don't want to know about. But WebMD has answers, my dudes. Take it seriously. Bailey, you're skipping ahead. Oh, come on. I want to get to the interesting part where I come in. (sighs) Fine. All right, so I've just discovered sometimes when I freak out, I can make shit come apart. No big deal, right? Uh, correction. Very big deal. Right. So I did what anyone would have done. I snuck out to the biggest nerd I knew and let her put those Boolean operators to work. Say what you want, but my mad Google skills have saved your ass more times than you can count. There's no articles that start with, so your best friend has superpowers. But you better believe I look for one. This girl stumbles into my room at three in the morning and she's like, dude, I've got superpowers. That's not at all how it happened. I'm paraphrasing, in the interest of time. Anyway, my best friend stumbles through my window and spews some garbage about having superpowers. And at first, I think I'm dreaming. But then she freaks out so hard that my limited edition worth a whole bunch on eBay, Leo Organa alarm clock... I said I was sorry. ...blows right to hell, so I guess she was right. We went back to the basics of research. Lists, lists, lists. I googled everything you could think of, discovered a lot of weird porn, maybe got a teensy bit distracted along the way, but honestly, there's not really a precedent for this one. The only thing we could come up with were a few National Enquirer articles and conspiracy theory blogs. Turns out, there's been weird shit happening under our noses for ages. I'm sure you were hoping this package came with answers to all the questions you might have. How'd my sweet teenage soul get us to where we are now? Hundreds injured you dead. Lots of destroyed property. <laughs> Sorry for the background noise. We can't exactly be picky about where we record or where we sleep. All we can do is hope to stay safe for another night. Look, I'm not trying to reason with you guys or make you feel sorry for me or something, but you get that suddenly not having any control over your body or what it does totally sucks, right? It can have some ill effects on someone's outlook on life. Something like that. Might even make them a bit villainous. Draw! I know doing this won't change anything. I'm not sure there was anything that could have been done to stop how it all played out, or if this whole thing was inevitable due to my... condition. I don't know about fate, or free will, or destiny. What I do know is that this isn't how I saw my life going. Seventeen countless amounts of blood on my hands, the sounds of people screaming, waking me up at night, only to find myself surrounded by broken parts of my alarm clock, or my computer, or anything that seemed harmless when I went to bed. I just want you guys to have a shot at telling the whole story, instead of this shiny, happy-go-lucky shit that sells papers and magazines. You know the ending, and now you know the beginning. If you want to count the steps in between... You don't know where to find me, but I know where to find you. And Bailey kept a record of everything like a huge nerd, so till next time.
literally so rude? Come on, Sean, not again. You know you can't just storm into her office without an appointment. Oh, you know damn well I can. She's not busy. She's the editor-in-chief of the most successful news outlet in town that, against all odds, still manages to put out a print edition every day. She's always busy. She's never too busy for a story. Heather, we need to- I'm sorry, I tried to stop him. It's fine, Andrea. We both know how he can be. Hold my calls for a few, will you? Yes, ma'am. What was that? It's nice. It's yours. From college, I think. Are you drinking? Did you think the bar cart was just a predecoration? It's barely noon, Heather. You come in here to interrogate me or to pitch me something? This was hand-delivered to me today. Like on a silver platter, Heather. I know the super shit isn't really my beat, but... Well, just listen. Sean. No, sorry, hang on. Oh, God, I hate these computers. We're a major media outlet and we can't even get computers that work. Sean, seriously. No, wait, wait. Ah, there we go. If you're listening to this, you're one of many lucky reporters about to get the scoop of the century. Sean, you need to turn you're this welcome. off. There's a it's story so here, Heather. A real one that we can get the jump on. Also find Sean, of who you're talking stop. To. Think about it. An exclusive profile on the world's biggest supervillain. Not another shitty fluff piece blowing smoke up those heroes' asses. But a piece of hard-hitting journalism that- Sean, I said turn it off. Heather! No. Heather, come on! This is a real story! I said no, Sean. We need to get the jump on this before someone else does! On what? Someone delivers you a flash drive with a couple of teenagers claiming to be supervillains and you want to run with that? That's where the reporting part comes in. And even if it is real and certifiable, we're not using this news outlet as fodder for gossip for a self-proclaimed mass murderer. I have worked too hard to maintain the integrity of this publication to even entertain stooping so low as to take this seriously. No, please, help yourself. What's yours is ours, baby. Cheers. You really don't want to know what she has to say. I really don't. She says she's just a kid. So you're not even going to let me take a shot at this? I don't know why you'd even want to. This could be something, Heather. Not at my paper, it can't. You're really going to let your emotions get in the way of the biggest story there is out there? Heather! Get the fuck out of my office, Sean. See you at home. Might have gone better if you'd made an appointment. Seventeen years old? Intern! Sean! Sorry. Sorry. You get another one of these envelopes, you bring it to me. No one else. I hear anyone even knows that padded envelopes exist as a concept? That's your ass. You got it? Um, yeah, sure, Mr. Wilkes. Great. Thanks, kid.
if you're listening to this, you're one of many lucky reporters about to get the scoop of the century. You're welcome. Annika and Bailey's story seems to have ensnared Sean's will and mind. But does he plan on defying Heather alone? Let's witness more of Annika's story in episode 2. Hashtag Harrison the Intern. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Oh my god, you are such a dork. Haven't you ever seen a movie? This is how microphones work. Okay, I think it's on. Is the little light flashing? Where did you even find this thing? Didn't they stop making camcorders in the 90s? Better this and explain to my parents why I need a new phone again. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) We're rolling. Here we go. This is trial one. It is 10.30 p.m. and absolutely past both of our curfews. My parents are asleep and we have set up in the garage for minimal damage. I know that. Yeah, but the people who watch one day won't. What people? You've got superpowers, dude! There are going to be people! Okay. Test one. We're going to see if we can, maybe, purposefully bring her powers to the surface and figure out what causes them. How did it happen the first time? I mean, nothing special was going on. I told you. I was working on the car, trying to get it to work like I have been for months, and then everything just sort of blew the hell up. But it's not the first time you worked on the car. I just said it wasn't. Don't snap at me. I'm trying to help. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't the first time I'd worked on the car, but it was the first time things just kind of, you know, undid themselves. But was there anything different this time? Like maybe a weird part or a radioactive spider snuck into the garage and bit you on the ass? Anything like that? You know there wasn't. Okay. How were you, you know, feeling when it happened? I don't know. A little nervous, I guess. Really? You usually work on the car to calm down. I know. But it was... I don't know. I was frustrated, I guess. Been working on that stupid thing for months. Rebuilding and unbuilding and rebuilding it again. I still can't get it to start. I've never had this much trouble with anything mechanical. I was thinking, I don't know, maybe I'm not so good at this anymore. Like, I had reached my limit on the one thing that totally makes logical sense, and if I couldn't do this right, then maybe I couldn't do anything right. (sighs) Holy shit! (sighs) See? I told you, it was definitely me that caused it, not some freak accident. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that now. And? And that was fucking awesome, dude! That was so cool! I can't believe you have superpowers! Jeez, can I help you? Oh, God, sorry. Were you, like, watching porn or something? Excuse me? It just the laptop and the defensive attitude. They're all telltale signs. I'm not watching porn in the office. Jesus Christ! Hey, man, anything can be researched these days. Is there a reason you're here? Oh, uh, yeah. Another one of those envelopes came for you? This is open. Is it? Opening someone else's mail is a felony? I mean, technically, it's not mail. Someone hand-delivers them to the mailroom, which deceptively sounds like mail, but doesn't actually go through the U.S. Postal Service, you know? So, te- like, technically speaking, it's not exactly mail. And Okay, um, please don't eat me. What, eat you? It's just, you have, like, a very I-eat-children-for-breakfast vibe around the office, and, like, some of the other interns... Not me. 
obviously. Um, they call you Dragon Wilkes? Wait, we... We have other interns? Are you serious? Dude, did you think I was just running this place by myself? Okay, uh, I know the Death Glare of Doom is for me to, like, skedaddle, but... I did... Maybe... Totally see what was on the inside of that package, and... I, I have been tracking this girl since she hit the airwaves, okay? And it's like, this is like a dream of mine. Like a really specific, probably kind of a little wet dream. Okay, half of what you just said is definitely grounds for termination. Right, totally. Yes. Um, But could I just show you something? Is this a fan site? Well, I wouldn't say fan, but it's, you know, it's online journalism. I've been aggregating all the sightings and incidents involving her and anyone who's a, a little special since my freshman year of college. Why? Uh, no one else was. Pull up a chair. Under no circumstances should any of this end up on your bumbler or whatever. You got it? Okay, Tumblr and Scout's Honor. I mean, I'm not a Girl Scout, but if I was, I would be a super honorable You done? Yeah, totally. That was fucking awesome! Dude, you have superpowers! This is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life! Dude, you just made an old toaster spontaneously combust! I can see every piece of it. There's little cocks and screws and... Jeez, they're all in perfect condition! Like... Not like you exploded it, but like like you took it all apart into individual pieces really, really fast, and then threw those pieces everywhere. Oh. Okay. It's like, okay, dude, what were you feeling just then, right before the toaster exploded? I don't know. Stressed out? I think. Ugh. Look, I know we don't really like to talk about it, but... Remember when we were little, and well, sometimes you just get kind of a little overwhelmed... Just hear me out. I know you don't like to think about it, but you used to get so freaked out that you'd just sort of crumble, and there was nothing I could do to help. I just kind of, you know, hung out until you came back and calmed down, and it wasn't exactly the same, but but just then, you kind of sounded like you would right before I lost you for a few. Come on, I didn't mean to upset you, it's just... Well, do you think this might be that? No. Why not? Because I didn't explode shit with my mind when I had panic attacks. Don't you think we'd remember that tidbit? So maybe that part's new. You've never exploded anything with your mind before. Doesn't mean that this isn't the reason you can suddenly do it now. I haven't felt that way in years. You know that. I've been... I've been doing pretty good. Around me, at least, sure. So there's no way I'm going back... Going back to feeling like that all the time for no reason at all. No one's saying you have to... I'm just... Okay, look. Let's test it out. That's what this is all for, right? (sighs) Okay. Okay, fine. Let's test it. Okay. Um, but if I'm right, we just have to... Have to make you feel not so great, and then you'll blow shit up with your mind, I guess? That is quite possibly the worst plan you've ever had. You got any better ideas? Ignore this all and find that if we ignore it hard enough, eventually it will go away. Nice. Healthy. Look, let's just... Let's just try it, okay? There's no one here except me. Once we know how it starts, we can go from there. Fine. 
What do you want me to do? Um, uh, okay. Is there anything you're feeling particularly anxious, I guess, about? Um, nothing really. Just, you know, the fact that I am haphazardly making things explode with my mind. That's not super cool. I mean, that depends on your definition of cool, but whatever. Look, maybe it could be cool. If I could control it, or if I didn't feel like total garbage after it happened. But it's totally not normal by any definition of the word, and it could totally ruin my life. Like, you've seen a movie before in your life. There are so many things we should be afraid of right now, dude. Shadowy government organizations and other people with powers and bad intentions. Just vigilante people who think no one should have this much power. And... <sighs> Whoa. Whoa. Hey. Hey. Holy crap, we did it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, okay, okay. Let's calm down a little. Annika? Deep breaths. Hey, breathe with me, okay? I'm right here. Just breathe with me. Feel that? It's me, okay? Okay. Okay. I'm right here. You can feel this, right? to apologize at all you know what makes me feel like a freak a freak with superpowers dude so coolest freak I know do you have to make it sound so clinical what subjects powers coincide with extreme bouts of anxiety you're not a scientist I'm a journalist that's not the point. <laughs> and I'm writing a report of what happened, which is what journalists do, kid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna head out, okay? Um, thank you, thank you so much for uh, letting me sit in. Mic check, one, two. As Annika's story gets more and more complicated, so too does everyone's motives for investing in it. Hear the next twist in her story in episode three. Punked. You ever meet someone that makes you so nervous that you think, oh, this is what everyone is talking about. This is that crap people write movies and songs and poetry about and promise you you'll find one day. This is the thing that makes people fight wars and make babies and travel across the world. This is love. 
It's either that or you're having a heart attack, but you don't remember sweaty palms or a weird fluttery feeling in the pit of your stomach as symptoms of a heart attack, so you think, hey, maybe it's a stroke. But you remember that being something about a whole side of your body going numb, and your body is anything but numb. If anything, it's a freaking live wire because you're ready to jump out of your skin. You can feel everything all at once and it's so much but not enough. And oh my god, someone is talking to you, you freak. Open your mouth. Come on, kid. Give me something I can actually use. That's what it felt like when I met Cole. It felt like... Well, it felt like everything was exploding. But in a good way, this time in the right way. He made me so nervous. The first time we talked, my heart was beating so hard that every locker in the whole hallway neatly spun until they unlocked in unison, quietly popping open in tune with my heartbeat. He didn't notice because he was too busy asking me if I understood the math homework. And did I maybe want to work on it together sometime after school? That was the weird thing about it. The orderliness my uh, condition took on when I was with you. It was truly the first time Bailey and I thought maybe we could control this whole thing. <sighs> it seemed right with him. He made me nervous, but it wasn't the kind of nervous that I was scared of. It wasn't the kind that made things feel uncontrollable. It wasn't the kind that meant people got hurt. I'm gonna be honest, when he asked me out the first time, I thought it was a joke. Hey, wanna catch up on some practice tonight? B, I don't know if I'm up for that tonight. We've been practicing a lot, and you know, it really wipes me out. Hey. Oh. Hey. Thanks for the help with the math stuff the other day. Totally. No problem. Anytime. Literally. Anytime. <clears throat> Ow! I, uh, <laughs> forgot something somewhere other than here. Bye! Yes, Goodbye. So, um, I was wondering if... Would you want a ride home? With... with you. Yeah, yeah, with... with me. Uh, is this some sort of punked situation? Is Ashton Kutcher about to come out at me? Because I really don't like things jumping out at me. Ha! <laughs> ha! Um... What? Punked? Uh, it's the show no, where no, people I, get... No, I know what... I know what punked is. Oh, um... Good. So, so this is not that. No, I'm. I am absolutely not punking you. Oh, okay. Uh, um. So you're you're doing what then? I, I was asking you out. You're asking me out. At least, at least trying very hard to. You're trying to ask 
me out. Yes. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. So, you know what? I'm just, I'll take that as a no, and that's so, so cool, and I'll see you in math probably. Wait, or wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yes, yes, um, I would like a ride home. You would? Yeah. You would? Yeah, I really would. Always gone when I need you. This is trial 26. Would be 29 if someone hadn't bailed on me three weeks in a row. A very scientific note there, B. Oh, and now she cares about science. Sure don't. You want to get the show on the road or what? Whatever. Trial 26. We'll be experimenting, as usual, with the ability demonstrated by the subjects... Stop calling me the subject. Jesus. The subject's ability, <sighs> since we are not using real names on this footage, the subject's ability to exhibit control over the technological attributes of an object. Control is a stretch. That's what we're working on. Keep it together, would you? Your dad won't miss the lawnmower? He won't miss it because you're not going to break it. You're just going to nudge it apart and nudge it back together again. <laughs> okay, fine. He won't miss it because we hired a gardener and he hasn't mowed our lawn in months, okay? Now just try this out. Can you, um, can you maybe get behind something? This has a lot of parts and I don't want anything to hit you. But how will I bring you back down if I'm... You know, hiding. Just talk. It's your voice, mostly, anyway. So just go somewhere where I can still hear you. Okay. <clears throat> you can still hear me? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Cool. Oh my god. No, um, I'm not busy. Yes, you absolutely are. Yeah, I'm, I'm just with Bailey. Oh my god. Yeah, I could do that. Maybe like seven? Dude? Okay, um, I, yeah, I'll see you soon. <laughs> Dude! I'm sorry, he just had a thing today and I just wanted to be able to hear how it went. That's so not what I'm talking about. Or maybe it is, but... Dude, look! Oh my god. <laughs> you did it! Can you put it back together? Um, uh, yeah, I, I think I can. Dude! Oh my god. Trial 26. 
the subject can exhibit unforeseen control over her abilities when she's got major hearts in her eyes and thinks about that good, good booty. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> hey, ow. Get off. You're home. Yeah. You could hang that up. Do you remember the first time I asked you out? Sure. No, I mean, do you remember how it felt? How you felt when I asked? I don't know, probably mildly irritated. No, come on, I'm being serious. I don't know, Sean, that was forever ago. Did I make you happy? Heather. I'm going to bed. Turn the lights out when you're done. You ever meet someone that makes you so nervous that you think, oh, this is what everyone is talking about. This is that crap people write movies and songs and poetry about and promise you you'll find one day. This is the thing that makes people fight wars and make babies and travel across the world. This is love. <laughs> this episode of Super Ordinary was written and directed by Marissa Tandon, featured Mia Kadama as Annika, Jordan Dumbruff as Cole, Lauren Bradley as Bailey, Jose Donato as Sean, and Eli Barraza as Heather. Original music for Super Ordinary is composed and performed by Gilberto Benitez. To keep up with our show, follow us on social media at SuperOrdPod. And for bonus content, merch, and to find out how to get our episodes two days early, visit our website at SuperOrdinaryPod.com. If you're fascinated by the audio you just heard, come back next week for when I interview creator Marissa Tandon at the Austin Film Festival. And we dig into mental health suffering within the arts, celebrity culture, the importance of superhero stories, and more. You can pay the tireless beat reporters and heroic team of Tandon Productions by joining their $5 a month support crew or using their one-time donation button over at tandonproductions.com support. You can follow them on Twitter or Instagram at superordpod, that's S-U-P-E-R-O-R-D-P-O-D, where they post amazing behind-the-scenes photos and videos. We don't have a sweet superhero team name, but we do have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash radiodramarevival, where you can join the friends of the show, like Tamara of Artist Soapbox, in supporting the curation of an audio storytelling showcase and interviews with magnificent creators. Thank you so much for joining us, Tamara. Let me know if you think of a cool team name.
You can follow us on Twitter, where we're at Radio Drama, and visit our website at radiodramarevival.com. Radio Drama Revival is also brought to you by Long Underwear. It keeps you warm in winter, and if you buy just the right kind, you can feel like you're keeping your superhero self hidden under your clothes. Because you are. You're super. Trust me. And now, your moment of will. Hello, listeners. I've got some superhero trivia for you this week. So, I know Marvel has been all the rage for a while, and I feel it, I feel it, but I want to talk about a really underrated DC hero for right now. Do you know which DC superhero gave the villain Doomsday his name? I'll give you a hint. He's really not Green Lantern. If you don't know, I'll tell you next week here on Radio Drama Revival. And hey, listener, you're the hero of my heart. Okay, everyone, the end of episode gong, and what sounds weirdly like a heavy tome slamming shut, that seems ominous, means it's time to roll the credits. This episode was recorded in Portland, Oregon, which is the unceded territory of the Chinook Indian Nation, the Cowlitz Indian Tribe, and the Clackamas Tribe. If you live in the Americas, Australia, or New Zealand, you can learn more about the native First Nations or indigenous heritage of your area by visiting whose.land. Our theme music is Danger Digadoo by DJ Stranger Danger. You can find his music on SoundCloud. A big thank you to our Patreon supporter, Jay Cohen, a.k.a. The Nighthound, a masked vigilante who can sniff out the truth in any story. Our line producer is Will Williams, a.k.a. The Diamond Weaver, celebrated hero of the Spider Nation and mate of Unbreakable Diamond. Our interviews producer is Eli McElveen, a.k.a. Jet Screen, a master manipulator of sound and emotion. Protect your hearts. Our associate producer is Sean Howard, aka Sunstroke, with the power to stun you with the force of his sunshine. Our researcher is Heather Cohen, aka Agent Memory, metahuman with technological advances and elite spy. Our submissions editors are Rashika Rao and Elena Fernandez Collins, aka Ravenwing and Snakefang, aka The Dragon Shift. Powerful shape changers even more deadly when working together. Our social media manager is Anne Baird, aka Mix Elman, far-seeing divine oracle and dispenser of wisdom. Our executive producer is Fred Greenhalge, aka Captain Spark, the leader of this band of merry foes and heroes. Our regular host is David Reinstrom, aka the Jolly Shield, a cheerful civilian who protects his own with highly controlled force fields. I'm your host, Elena Fernandez Collins aka Snake Fang. And this has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers welcome. <laughs> <laughs>